I'm Implausibly Josh, and this is a reading of my most recent blog post on implausiblyaverage.xyz called You Make Magic Gambling. My first meaningful experience with Magic the Gathering was a few years ago, and it was about its cost. I went into my local card and board game store and saw someone cracking into a booster box. I could hear their loud excitement when they pulled a card with a high resale value. It prompted me to talk to the guy behind the counter, and I wanted to know how to play Magic. I told him I was worried about the cost, and he recommended me the draft that was happening that night. For only $15, not only could I play it with the newest cards, I could keep them for myself. Worst case scenario, he said, if I end up not liking the game, I could always make sure to draft the rarest card from each booster and resell them to the store to make up any lost money. I took him up on the offer, paid for my draft, and played my first ever games of Magic that night. I generally had a bad time, and I was in fact so deflated from my first for real experience in Magic that I freely gave away the valuable cards to people who asked for them, no trade or selling necessary. It's been years now since that bad first experience, and now I have a younger sibling who is into Magic. I wanted to share a hobby with them and, even though I had that bad experience years ago, I still had that spark of interest in Magic. Shoutouts to the wonderful Tolarian Community College, by the way. Since this is probably the worst time in the universe to get into paper Magic the Gathering, I naturally started with Magic the Gathering Arena, one of two current offerings of official online Magic and the one that is most appealing to new players. From the start of playing against the AI, I was having a blast. The reintroduction of Magic was going fantastic. With the benefit of digital magic, I could even save space in my apartment by not going wild getting physical cards, a hole I'd been down previously with the Pokemon trading card game. And best of all, it was so cheap. See, Magic the Gathering Arena doesn't allow trading between players of their digital cards. Unlike years ago, I do not have to worry so much about the price of cards because there is no secondary market. On Arena, there is no one sitting in a card shop getting excited that they made their money back by cracking open all their booster packs in a box. For about $10, I can play several games of Magic and get cards from the new set to play with. And then, when I don't want to lose to real players anymore, I can use those cards and lose to the AI. Truly, it is the price point for me. However, the call of playing physical Magic has grabbed me. After weeks of binging episodes of the Command Zone's game nights, I was given a gift of two pre-constructed Commander decks. While it will be a while before I can play with these cards with another human being, they flipped a switch in my head and now I needed the paper magic experience, which is where I was introduced to what will be my biggest barrier going forward in magic, the monetary cost of magic. Everyone's talked to death about what Wizards of the Coast, owner of magic, has done to the cost of magic. I think the Tellurian Community College video about double masters is something I would point to as an explanation of my feelings which is to say Wizards of the Coast charging people $300 at least for cards and packaging for said cards is outrageous. But I think there's something else about Magic that makes it so expensive, and that's the players themselves. Magic has a huge secondary market, and while I don't find the idea of a secondary market inherently bad, I think a lot of that secondary market is driven by people who are banking on their cards being worth some monetary value down the line. So now not only are these cards core pieces to a game, but the expectation to a large subset of players is that these cards are also an investment of some sort, something to be kept away from people who would use those cards to play the game. They crack these booster boxes open and don't see pieces core to a game. They see a slot machine that they can use to cash out big. This is, for lack of a better term, bonkers. Before I go on, I will say this is not all the doing of players. 
Obviously, Wizards of the Coast is partially to blame. When you decide to make a reserve list, a list of magic cards that will never be reprinted, you are specifically making core parts of the living game artificially scarce in order to encourage this type of behavior in your players. Add on to that, reprints of other highly useful, if not outright necessary cards being in short supply. Add on to that, charging $300 for a booster box of cards. Add on to that, things like limited run reprintings that are $300 plus for five cards that are almost outright necessary to play many formats of Magic. You can see where this idea starts. However, the problem is that this idea of Magic as a gamble and investment has seeped into the general consciousness of Magic the Gathering players and the community. There are incredibly popular YouTube channels, some with 275,000 plus subscribers who will stand in front of boxes upon boxes of unopened sealed magic products and push this idea that these cards are investments to be made. Don't play with the game pieces for this game. Instead, buy up boxes and sit on them so you can have some form of control over the markets later on. Side note, even in this instance, this only works if you're able to run a card shop. You, a person who has some money put away into savings, are not going to be able to use that money with the same efficiency as a card shop with that same dollar amount. They have access to distributors who can get them pallets of sealed product that they can sit on if they so choose. You do not have that access. But that's a topic for another time. And not even the specifically investment-focused channels do this. There is a whole subset of Magic YouTube built around the idea of making budget decks. Tolarian Community College will often, if not always, tell you the value of individual cards that come in pre-constructed decks or products. When YouTube channels that are specifically about how the smartest way to spend your money with magic is to do so in a way that lets you actually play the game, still decides to talk about the monetary value of single cards, there is something fundamentally wrong with the way people view magic. All of this is to say that when I see people in this community calling, opening booster packs, gambling, it's so upsetting to me. Some people take these secondary market values, the dollar signs they see in their head when opening booster packs, as a core part of magic. This is something being advertised to you, not something that is inherent or natural to magic, or even collectible card games in general. When I was in the Pokemon trading card game, I wasn't thinking about how much money I'd make when I opened up packs of evolutions during a pre-release event. I was excited to find out what was in the set, play with people, and see what cards I could build around for my next deck. In fact, years after that pre-release, I still have all of those cards. It was a game to be played, not an investment to be made. The reason why people talk about magic boosters being gambling is because you are making it gambling. If people stop treating magic cards like the stock market, the gambling aspects of magic disappears. Magic is not gambling to me because, on the rare occasion I open booster packs, I'm not banking on some incredible card to make me money. I'm not making content about what cards or sets to invest in. I'm not making content that is built on the idea that these cards can be turned around for cash. I'm using the cards to play the game. You can treat it this way too. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Radio IAGP. If you have any questions, you can send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening, and let me know if you liked this. I might write more and do this type of stuff in the future. Later.
At Magic the Gathering's research facility, experts test combat strategies using subjects selected from the general public. Magic the Gathering, the trading card game. You ready to feel the pain?